around and I want you to share. Hey, Gino Pelt. Hey, Dennis Opel. Um, I want you to do it with chairs. Um, share your name and why you're here. Uh, what is your. Why are you interested in Lance Seminary? Um, just why, why are you here today? Does that make sense? All right. What is. Maybe even if you know. If you have an idea of what your end goal is for being here, you can share that as well. So we'll just go around, and uh, I don't care where we start. We'll start right in the middle. We'll start with this guy. This guy. Hi, I'm Adam Koenig, and I'm here because I'm not not called into vocational ministry. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, and I feel like... God may be calling me into some sort of ministry, so I feel like it's a, a good thing to at least check out. Very well put. Very well put. I'm Jacob Spancy. Uh, I'm going to Jacob's Well. I'm here because Pastor Ted will be I'm just kidding. I'm actually here because I see this. What you're not kidding, too. Well, he's <laughs> partially. Partially. The people that know me will like it. No, I see this is a good op- as a potential good opportunity to at least. Grow and if nothing else, be a better father for my children, which is important. So, my main focus at this point. We'll see that. It's great. I'm Drew Lundbury. I am here because I am called to uh, into the ministry at some point. In my life. I know that, and I know the schooling is one piece of that. So, this is happening quicker than I expected. Cool. I'm Jason, and I work with Dan. And I don't have to be here. Dan didn't tell me I had to be here. No. Um, I, I think just God's just leading me down the path to continue my education and understanding his word better and preparing me for whatever plans and ministry he has for me. So it's uh, the door is wide open and I'm walking through it, nervous and excited at the same time. Um, I'm Simone Popola. Um, I'm an education addict. That's why I'm here, I suppose. Um, and uh, I did a short stint in seminary. Seems like 20 years ago now. I'm just trying to figure out exactly where I am as it relates to materials. Since I've settled, you can come along and start the same thing. It's a lot easier to see. Just right here to Warren to, to see what God wants to do with me and um, to hear people, to meet other people. Awesome. I'm here to support my wife and James and James. Thinking about taking the course and starting to see what's all involved in it. Well, I feel you came for it. <laughs> <laughs> sort of tuition scholarship program through your employer. Just check that out. (laughs) You're not laughing at (laughs) it. Do you have a name? No. Okay. Actually. Oh, you do. Okay. All right. Good evening. I'm Jeff Seedsman, and I am here to further my education and to enhance upon the skill and call that I presently have. Slipping, no specific call to the ministry, I'm just being 
really exciting for me. Um, even Mark, who doesn't feel called to vocational ministry, just better uh, education for, for teaching the people in the congregation. And I think uh, Trish and I um, appreciated seminary so much more three years after than we did when we were in it because we saw the difference it made in how we understood scripture, came to scripture, taught scripture so that the gospel was central to everything. And so that's why this is something that's exciting for us and it's a part of our vision. Uh, really, whatever the denomination is that people are called to, um, you know, we, we have denominations that we like, but we want to help people be equipped for teaching uh, better. And so there are a couple other folks that are not here. Jacob Spielbauer, who's at LifeBridge Church, he's the youth pastor there, is planning on, on being a part of LAMP, as well as uh, Steve Kasurik, who is roofing tonight as we speak. So, in the rain, I guess, I don't know. So, um, let me start us out with prayer, and then we'll go from there. Gracious God, uh, this is exciting to see what you are doing in Green Bay, God. We are completely unworthy to be used by you, Lord. Uh, I look around at all these faces and I see a bunch of folks who who can't afford this, God. And uh, I see a bunch of folks who who maybe are scared of the time commitments and who um, who maybe are are somewhat frightened by what you might be calling them to by doing this, God. And I just pray that you give us your guidance, give us your peace that surpasses all understanding. Pray tonight that you would help us to get our questions answered. Uh, that we would move forward uh, towards extending your kingdom in Green Bay, in Wisconsin, and beyond. That is our hope, that is our dream. Not that we would receive great accolades for our wisdom, but that you would receive glory because the gospel is wonderful. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, I'm actually going to turn it over to Chris to, to talk about some of these things. And a lot of it is his own experience with Lamp Seminary. So, if you want to come show that, would be great. What, what, what is the time frame? Um, we said we would be done by now. And it's 8 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I know you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm going to get in to keep to the 30 minute time frame. Uh, a little bit of background uh, about me and my interest with, with LAMP. Um, we have to go back 30 years. I'll make this really brief. Yeah. When, 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 when Jim was not even born yet, the story began. Um, no, when I, when I was in, uh, actually beginning, it started in college, it was very much present in seminary, and Jim and I were, were, uh, were friends through seminary, uh, neighbors, and um, wanting to see somewhat what, what Dan was alluding to, seminary education is extremely important. Um, a, a physical place where there's a seminary, where there are PhDs, teaching classes is vital. The health of the church um, really demands it. But it's not the only way to train leaders for the church. It's an important avenue, but it's not the only way. My frustration um, was, even coming into seminary and out of seminary, is that the form of education is not the best for, uh, for adults, especially older adults. Um, there comes a point in our 20s in which our style of learning in this kind of format begins to really decrease. Where you're sitting in a room and somebody's standing up front and lecturing you. Um, the last four years I've had the chance, uh, and will not, uh, I'm not making any disparaging comments about the wonderful seminary education that Dan received at Covenant, but I, I went down to visit my son-in-law at Covenant. 
And every class we went to, every semester, every class we went to, the only class I didn't go to was homiletics, but all the classes had 50 students or more. Okay? There's no interaction. You can't engage in that kind of a, of a setting. The other difficulty can be in a seminary context is that you, 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 you've moved away from, from your home, you've sold a house or done something with it in this economy, um, you, you go to a distant city, you're away from your home church that knows you, that knows your strengths, your weaknesses, and for, for three or four years you attend some classes, hear some lectures, read some books, get some great interaction, make some new friends, wonderful things, but you're, you're probably not able to engage in a church because all the churches know you're a seminary student. Seminary students are a dime a dozen, they're here, they're gone. It just doesn't work all that well. So the, the context of, of learning and the style of learning, again, for an older adult isn't as effective. What is effective is something that's a lot more interactional and immediately applicable. So that as you're learning, you're immediately putting it into practice. Um, so all the way through um, the 80s, uh, I really wanted to be able to pursue that more, doing non-traditional, what's all, what often is called non-traditional off-site based education in which, which people are trained, specifically men are trained for ministry, but also people throughout the church are being trained at a, at a level and an intensity that goes a bit beyond, and nothing wrong with what I'm going to describe here, but a bit beyond just the Saturday morning, here's some things you need to know about Christ and the church, and those are important, but really force people to, to, to dig deep into theology, perhaps to learn um, or begin the process of, of learning the ancient languages, um, and, and put it into practice so that as they're, as they're learning, they're also being monitored, encouraged to be able to say, okay, you've just learned this material. Now, in the next month or two, I want you to teach you know, junior high boys um, the doctrine of God. Let's see if you can survive that. And have, have you really learned it and integrated and are able to communicate? Oh, you're having problems? Let's talk about why is it difficult to, to take those concepts and communicate that to kids at this age or kids of a much older age who are probably even more dense than, than most 14-year-olds. Um, so, it, it, I, I actually, after I was done with seminary, I went on, uh, began working on a PhD to be able to, to do this kind of work. That didn't come to fruition, started to do church planting. Seminaries had changed. In the, up through the 80s, seminaries, there were a few seminaries located in cities you had to go there with the you know, advent of internet, um, and for some other economic reasons, a lot of seminaries um, put all their material out there that you could do it on your own, which is nice. Do it at home, but you don't have the per you still need the personal interaction. You still need someone there to encourage, to mentor, to facilitate learning. Other than seminaries, is then they open satellite campuses everywhere. Um, there's probably not a satellite campus here, but is Trinity have a satellite campus in Green Bay? They don't. They come up. They used to come up and teach at uh, Spring Lake. Yeah, but not a. Okay, so you, you guys are stuck. You got you know what a three-hour drive to Trinity is your closest seminary, and if you're if you're looking for a certain theological tradition, you may or may not find it. So it's a good school, but still, um, what I found in Lamp um, over the last couple of years that really got me excited was this this kind of combination of what I was was what I was looking for. Um, uh, you know, having uh, planted and pastored a church down in the Milwaukee area for the last 20 years, trying to get people up here to be 
to, to serve on staff, to um, plant other churches is really hard. Especially in, 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 in my tradition, um, PCA, historically it's Southern. And you may find this hard to believe, but it's really hard to get a kid from Mississippi to want to take a church in, in Wisconsin. Uh, they just don't want to consider it. But they also don't, they don't know the culture. They don't know this mindset. They're thinking very differently. And it's much more effective if we can train men to, who are from this area, that have roots in this area, relationships in this area, family in this area, who are then trained and can plant in this area. And so with the, the land material, um, that, that really comes about, I think, in a, in a much better way. So let me, we're going to well, run through the small kind of what it looks like. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Um, right, you know, I'm getting all the nitty gritty, but um, just the, the format. We'll just, let, let me just, let's do that. Um, Um, yeah, let me just say, I'm just trying to think which one do I want to hand off first. That's a fancy thing to do now, isn't it? How do you do that? kind of gives you the, the structure. Let's not worry about the glee. That is kind of an unfortunate term in light of the popular TV show right now. So don't worry. We're not going to be doing any you know, jazz hands uh, here. <laughs> That's what you were looking for. Oh, I should have known it. We're, we're going to do rent next week. Um, so, no, but not worry about that. But if you see competencies... Uh, practical theologies, content, this being the two main areas that we're, we're, we're looking at here. Um, it's a, it's a six-year program if things are, are maintained on schedule. Now, that's a great goal. It's, it is hard to do. Because when you realize seminary is, if you do it quickly, is three years. Today, most people do it in four. How long do you do it? I did in three, but Trish worked. I didn't work at all. Yeah. And well, you were, you were you're smarter than those, so three. Yeah. Three is if, if you attack it. If yeah. you did suicide Greek in the summer, I take it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe 5% of people did. Right. Most do it in four. So trying to be able to get through it in six can seem a long time. What you're doing is you're doing one class at a time. And that one class is going to be, um, it's that, you know, usually three to five, five credit uh, class amount of work that's, that's involved. It's going to be a six week program. Let me, it would, it would really run something like this. Um, and again, every place can do it a, a little bit differently, but if you, these are weeks. Um, leading up to the first, first class, 
you would have some homework um, that you would come to class with, with you know, already prepared. Um, but in those six weeks, you would have a two hours as a group with a facilitator. The facilitator is not the teacher. The facilitator is someone who has, who has been approved, who has, I think they want a minimum of five years ministry experience that can help lead the discussion, provide some framework for it. Because for those two hours, there's an expectation of somewhere, um, we'll just say about eight hours, it, it could be up to ten hours. Um, again, that's, that's per week. It's, it's usually eight, it's, it's actually a total of, of ten, I think is what they're... Is that eight hours homework? That's homework. Oh, that's the homework. That's the homework. you got two hours of class, but in that week, it's a ten hour total, so that's, that's just what we're saying. Um, so you you come to class having done eight hours already, so you have that eight hours up, up here uh, leading into it. That eight hours is going to be, and I'll be passing out a syllabus in a little bit, it's going to be listening to um, lectures you can download. They use a lot of, of the lectures from Covenant Seminary. Has anybody seen the Worldwide? Um, it's called Worldwide Access. Yeah, Worldwide Classroom. Um, Covenant Seminary has put all of their classes everything online free for download and they have not only mp3s they also have the transcripts and the outlines so for free um you know chapel was brian chapel the president was kind of you know the other seminaries were going you know that's a stupid thing to do why who would want to come to your seminary if you give it a, if you give everything away for free no one's going to want to come they said two things First, um, people listen to it and go, this is good stuff. I want to go there. <laughs> so our enrollment has gone up. People are saying, I'm coming because I listened to, you know, uh, I forget all the professor's name. Uh, Jaron Barr is an apologetics. And I want to real, I want to sit in the classroom with him. Because listening is not everything. You need the FaceTime, which is what we're going to be providing for here. Um, but, um, but that was the one reason. The second reason, they said, is do you realize we have people in Kazakhstan taking these classes? They can't come to our seminary, but they're listening to people. There are people all over the world now making use of this material. And it's just a tremendous opportunity. So not for all, but for a lot of the classes, you would have, um, oh, three or four lectures per a two-hour block. So that's going to, you know, that could be about four hours of, of lecture. And again, it depend on, depends on your learning style. Um, you can listen to it, download it at be 3 driving to work. Um, if you work for Kaiser, you can listen to, to it during work. Or if someone like me, I, I, I'd, I'd rather read it. I'm, I'm kind of visual that way. So I'll print off the, the transcript and just read through and, and, and there you go. Um, then the other half is going to be other reading. There, there's all, there is other listening. They'll use stuff by um, uh, Gerstner, Sproul, um, other, other lectures. There's then reading of uh, Burkhauer and, and a, or, uh, Burkhoff and a, a few others as well. So that's going to give you about, about eight hours um, of work during the week. So it's not... It's not just like, oh, I can just go to class and we're all done. Now, uh, let me describe what, what we do. We have um, two full-time students 
and four or five um, auditors. And they, can, they come, they do some of the work, they don't have to do all the work, it's fine. My only request is if you don't do any of the work, don't wax eloquent and take up everyone else's time. Uh, not everybody listens to that, uh, that, that piece of advice. So if, if for some of you, if you're not looking to, to, to get a, a degree with this, if you're looking for something that's going to just help um, help you as a you know leader in, in the home, uh, a, a ruling elder, deacon, just all around, you know, being built up, it, it's it's then it's free and it's um, you don't have to do all the work if you can still get the stuff. Um, so you know that's that's repeated then those six weeks. During those six weeks, there is also some writing that's that's also being done. Usually it's like a 200-word summary. Listen to a lecture, write 200-word summary. Listen to a lecture, write a 200-word summary. Read these, write 200-word summary. Some of it might be like, listen to Sproul lecture here, and he has questions at the end, just answer the questions. This is a way to, of helping to, to get the information. This is really is an important component. Um, how many of you write on a regular basis? And not, not technical, but okay, a few of you do. Most people, um, is your writing the technical? Lawyer language? Briefs? Yeah, call that writing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try not. They, they don't like it to be technical, so you make it very confident. So, it, but it's kind of flowing and narrative. And, okay, okay, I, I, I stand corrected. I'm glad. Um, because, you know, and I found this when I was in seminary, I don't know if you did as well. A lot of seminary students come out. You know what? You know what did you do for your undergrad? Well, I was a chemical engineer. You know how much writing did you do? Well, we wrote lab, you know, reports. Um, in part, if you're really if you're training for the ministry, it's that sense of learning how to communicate. Part of learning how to speak is learning how to write. So they do have somewhat of an emphasis, or not an emphasis, but an important component is is this this writing function. I know for us in, in um, Delafield, both my guys are doing the Bachelors of Divinity. Um, the one guy is 40. Can you explain um, it really quick? So I don't think everyone knows what you mean when you say the Bachelors of Divinity. Okay. Um, traditionally, in America over the last generation or so, if someone says, I'm going to seminary, what they do is first they get a BA or a BS. They get some sort of undergraduate degree. And it could be chemical engineering, could be history, it could be theology. It really doesn't matter because what is expected out of them next is to go on for a master's. And that master's is called a master's of divinity. Master's of divinity is a three-year program, it is, but it's done on top of, of a bachelor's. It has become somewhat the expected norm in our our traditions. This isn't true, in, especially in, in uh, uh, more of a free church tradition, independent Bible church tradition. Sometimes you can be a pastor with with a bachelor's; it's not a problem. But in a Presbyterian, you know, we really like people to think and have these big small heads. We say you're going for a master's. Now you've mastered the materials. You've gone for three years, even though your undergraduate degree has nothing to do with what you're doing here. You just go on for this degree, three years. We'll give you everything you need to know. You can be ordained. You can lead a church, which is great. Um, it used to be, up through the 60s, was something called a Bachelor's of Divinity, which was an undergraduate degree. Usually it was a five-year degree, but four years plus a year 
and you could get this. And these two really are very much considered in a lot of ways equal. But because of degree inflation and everything else, this really ceased to exist by, by the early 70s. Um, and so the MDiv is what everyone knew it was for. What LAMP is, in fact, I can give you a little history about LAMP itself. And again, it's, again, I'm not, I'm not always sure what everybody knows before I started. Um, the other side of this should have it. Where it spells it out? Yeah. Yeah. Leadership and ministry preparation. What, what, what it stands for. Leadership and ministry preparation, so you know. Um, in, um, in the early 90s down in Miami, Brian Kelso, <coughs> PCA pastor, um, was seeing an increase in Haitians coming into Miami. Um, and he wanted, he wanted to see a church in Miami for all these Haitian immigrants. There's a problem. You don't have to be really smart to realize Brian Kelso is not Haitian. He doesn't know Creole, and he doesn't know the culture, and he was hard to get access to the culture. The difficulty was the Haitians that were coming in weren't, um, didn't have, well, they didn't barely had a high school education. They didn't have a coming in with their bachelors. He couldn't send them off to a seminary. Because to go to a seminary to get a master's divinity, you have to have a bachelor's degree. So what's he going to do? Not plan a church, not be you know Presbyterian about it, just say love Jesus, you know, take off. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to look to see can we create basically this old degree again, bachelor's divinity. Take these these men, put them through a seminary level, a seminary intensity course. Because these guys were not you know you know. Um, 21, 22-year-olds, these guys were 30 or 40 years old. They had enough life education, an ability to read and, and engage the world around them that he could throw at them, you know, a, a little bit heavier, intense course. And in our denominational circle, be able to do something people thought we couldn't do. And that is, according to our Book of Church order, for this matters, if any of you are, you know, part of Jacob's Well and are wondering about this, you do not need a master of divinity to be a pastor, to be ordained. You need a bachelor's degree. And you have to have material that's often covered here. So if you move this material and offer it as a bachelor's of divinity, you achieve the, that purpose. Um, but the, the bachelor's, I mean, simply said, is if you don't have a college education, it's, right. it's for that. Right. Yeah. So if, I think that's a lot of people's situation, a couple of people's situation. If, if, if all you have is, is a high school diploma or a GED, you apply for the bachelor's program, you go through this syllabus, you do six extra classes because it makes sense. You know, bachelor's is four years, this is three years, you need a few more classes. Um, you take those classes, you get a bachelor's of, of divinity, and you're ordainable in our denominations. You have the bachelor's, that's a requirement, and you have the theology, um, education is a requirement. Does that help answer? Yeah, any questions? I'm trying to run, run through all that. Um, what was I saying though before that? <laughs> Work? You were talking about the writing. The writing. You were that. Yeah. Um, so, certainly, <coughs> a lot of that is involved. Oh, the guys that I've got. That's great. Mike, Mike's 40 year old um, roofer. Um, actually, he's now pretty much living in Appleton. You know, Appleton has a lot more storms coming through there, so his business is going well. But his his first 
30 years of life um, was spent, well, first 10 years, he's a little boy, but by the time he hit his teenage years, he, he was the youngest of 16 kids. Maybe that just tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> he was basically living on the street. Um, um, his, he was a, he was a, a long, um, you know, had a hair band um, in, in the 80s. <sighs> Veteran Cosmic Rocker. Um, and um, and not I'm not connecting the two, but also engaged in other chemical recreations. Um, so, you know, he's saying, I'm 40 years old. I want to serve Christ. Do I have to go four years for an undergrad, three years, seven years as a 40-year-old? I'm going to be 50 years old, and I won't have an income during what should be a very productive time of my life. It's going to be tough. So that fits him well. The other fellow is um, Prince Kumba. Prince is a um, single dad, um, mid twenties, but like, likewise doesn't have he doesn't have a college education and is, is using this for the, the, the same pur- purpose. Um, but what is really important for them is to be able to to learn some of the things that they never learned prior, um, given their their life experience, um, to be able to be much more fluent and communicative in their in their writing skills. Um, I'm trying to cover a lot here, but do, do stop me. <laughs> Let's pass this around. Here is the syllabus, uh, sample syllabus. This would be the probably the first class you would do here. If you notice on the chart, it says history of redemption. It also says call to the ministry. Those are the first two classes. Um, the call to the ministry was always their first required class, but they found too many of the students quit after taking that class. It is a very, it's a very introspective and a, not demanding, not so much in the work that's done, but in having to examine your heart. Are you called to the ministry? If you think you're called, it's kind of a you know marine boot camp. It's like going to Paris Island for pastors. Strange way of putting it. Um, and so they kind of said, too many guys are dropping out just from the first class. So they do history of redemption first. It's not that that's more warm and fuzzy, but it does kind of more immediately grab you, and then you do the call to the ministry. But this, so this is the history of redemption. Um, you kind of see the, the basic format there, objectives, typical um, Thing. If you see on the second page, it has required materials, and so I'm, I'm getting to the seven and eight. <laughs> um, you see the required materials. On the first couple classes, you're going to be buying a few more things. As it goes along, the number decreases. Their interest is to get pastors or people going through this material to get them to begin to, to build a library but they don't want you buying every book that's out there. If you want to buy more, great. If you've, if you've got deep pockets, you can do it, no problem. Um, so, you, you know, you need a copy of the Westminster Standards. Again, and have some of the other information that has the, the, um, the doctrinal stance of, of LAMP. Again, it's coming out of the PCA, so some of this, in that sense, shouldn't surprise you. J.I. Williamson's, um, his uh, Westminster Confession of Faith for study classes, it's used periodically throughout almost all the classes. Burkhoff, Manual of Christian Doctrine, which is a, a, an abbreviated of his doctrine. Again, it's used almost every time. Gerstner, you got these audio tape. And I think those you can actually get for free now because I think they don't sell them anymore. So you 
getting, we were told, you get them free by finding somebody that still has a copy and making a copy of it. Um, there's a handout they include um, by Venema, Kelso's handouts included, Burkhoff, that's listed twice, ignore that, Sproul, Drama of Redemption. Some of this stuff, um, I know some churches um, will just have the series and you can borrow it and use it that way. Michael Williams, as far as the curse is found, is the book. Um, and Keith Matheson, Dispensationalism, Right to Honey God's People, is a book. This doesn't have um, any covenant lectures to it. Um, but um, some of the other, most of the other, almost all the other classes do. So you would, you would be buying these, and you'll notice, skip page three, page four and five gives you what the, what the schedule looks like. And so you'll notice here that first week you have lesson one and lesson two. Lesson three, four. Um, What's, what's required there for each. This is somewhat this, the suggestion is then you take two weeks off because as soon as you finish this week you then have go back to page three during this time you have almost always a final exam to take you have a um, six page paper to write that takes you through um, ethos, ethos, logos, and it's, it's always defined right there. Under number two is that summary paper, how has the study of the subject impacted your understanding of God's word? Secondly, the view of, of um, the world as a Christian, your passion for the Christian life and or ministry. So it's, it's an integrative, you know, Going through all this material, how is this affecting those those major areas? Do you divide it that way? And then the third one, almost always, it's the same thing. Outline lessons. Um, and so usually it's, it's six lessons. Is that what this says too? Yes, the three B six lessons. Um, between you and the facilitator of the class, you pick. You know, I'm going to be teaching this material to this group in this setting, and you develop um, lesson plans. Um, does anybody here do lesson plans? Does anybody teach? Because you have some idea of what, a les- what lesson plans look like. But what that tells me is the rest of you don't. But you're a professional learner. You just love this kind of stuff. So. <laughs> you're my kind of guy. I can dump what I have on somebody else. Yeah, there you go. Um, and again, I, I have found this really helpful for you know, guys are teaching because most of us say, I'm going to read this book, I'll take some notes, I'll get in front of a class or in a community group, we're going to sit down, we're going to go through this material. And you know what that sometimes looks like. It's it's a guy, you know, or whatever, in a 45 minutes in search of an idea or a point. Um, this focuses the attention. I'm going to communicate this material in six lessons, and it's going to be this, this, and this. Like, here are my objectives. This is what I want them to know, to feel, to do. And so it, it helps them think through it, the teaching process, which it, it, all this stuff we're learning is useless if you're not going to, to, to teach it. Um, so that's that's what that's yeah. about. Yes. Um, so just so I'm clear on this then. So then the, the two weeks, during that two-week period, you're not meeting 
during if you're not meeting with your group, right. and you're doing the final exam and the paper is an outline for the yeah. two weeks. Right. Then you submit that at the end of the eight weeks, and then you move on to the next one. Right. And if you want to get it done earlier, fine. It's hard to do the outlines and paper up here, obviously. Yeah. You should, you know, so you could try to do it all in this week. Because the difficulty is in this eighth week, as you go into the next right. series, you're also preparing for the 10 hours prepare for that with the first two lessons to the next right. So their schedule, the way they set this up though, doesn't have this built into it. Every six weeks a new place. And I, I, that's, to me that's a killer. That, that would, there, I, there'd be a lot of burnout. And for, for, for us, um, like this summer, one guy says a roofer, um, the other fellow's a, 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 a Taekwondo instructor. Uh, he just passed his third degree black belt or something like that, and then they've been swamped and flexed. I am so easy to get along with everyone. Who, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we put, we, I, you know, I just sent out a message to everybody, hey, we're going to take another week off. Now, you know what that does? It pushes, pushes, everything, else. pushes everything else. But, it's that hard balance, and sometimes you have to, I have to push the guys and say, look, we've got to get this done, we've got to get the next class started. So, so it's basically a new class every other month. For seven, six years. Yeah. Summer, you don't get no summers off, the summers. you don't get like you, two months to... You certainly can, but then it's eight or nine years. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh. I, I mean, I'm reading that there's five classes. In the first year, I'm not sure the words actually Yeah. So that would be like 40, I mean, 40 weeks. Well, actually, there's more than that, Sean. It's these here and these here. Yeah, it's called to the ministry, gospel transformation. Under, yeah. Yeah. And then, like for us, and we just finished, we're coming up at the end of our second year. And we haven't done the Doctrine of Christ yet. Now, we, we fell way behind. Um, we had one student pass away. Not, not, he didn't cause us to fall behind. But um, he matriculated to a, um, a much better course of study. Yeah. Um, but the other fellow who was the other full-time student was in Oklahoma, the roofer. He's a storm judge. He was in Oklahoma, so we took six months off. So that, that, did, that threw it off there. So we would be basically finishing up a year and it's taking us almost two. Um, now, Chris, you guys are a lot smarter, so I think you can move through a lot of history. It seems like this is laid out to the course of the There are some things you're going to miss if they jump in right now under the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and they haven't done doctrine of God or doctrine of man. There's going to be some some problems. If I, I can't go much further until I have to say you've got to start at the beginning. What that's going to require then for me or for a lamp site is then to begin to offer um, multiple classes, um, which you guys might if, if it works out. Is that is it public? What you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. Um, if it works out to have Bill Acker. Um, kind of doing that as part of his call, you guys are in so much better shape because you've got Bill, you've got, you know, Jim, if, if, if you're interested, Dan. He's interested. Yeah. 
I take orders there. So you've got some resource here that you actually could do. So if you miss one, you could technically you could do two of these at the same time. But if you're working a full-time job, it's going to be – Bill Acker is a pastor. Anyways, he has a lot of experience and really wise man. But to make a long story short, he'll be doing all of the administrative and the proctoring for Lamp Seminary. I'll be a part of it too in some ways that we'll get to later. But he's a much better pick than I am. So that's kind of answers the schedule issue. Yeah, as far as semester, we're probably looking at mid-September to start. And so when we get to the application process, that would probably need to be done by August 1st. As far as finances, I guess you can – Yep. What's going around now? Um, plus the, the, 
there's probably going to be an extra amount on the commission for right. the same instructor as well. For, for what you're doing here, have Bill and Acker come, you know, be able to do this because it would be part of his call. You know, Dan and, and such up here would be working out probably an additional bump to that, but it's not going to be such a I think you right. triple it and still be reasonable. You're not going to be tripling it or I'll quit my day job yeah. and come up and do it. Um, I'm trying to think anything else. What would change for somebody who's auditing a class? Um, you could throw this away. Oh. Yeah. You still do the homework, you still count yeah. Okay. yeah. And like I said, the, the people that I've got who are auditing, they usually listen, they they almost always listen, they usually read, they don't write anything, they don't, you know, I would always ask them not to because I don't feel like reading their stuff. Um, <laughs> I've got a life too, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And again, remind you, to audit this stuff is just really great. If you're if you're thinking, you know, I'm really not looking for a degree in this. Um, I, I, you know, if, if paying the money and taking the credits forces you to do it, that's always a, a fine thing. But every, all the people that I'm doing that are auditing are getting off lot. I'm really enjoying it. Um, one point with, with these degrees, I always want to reiterate, if, if you're doing this with a high school GED, you're doing the Bachelor's of, of Divinity, um, I would encourage you to kind of count the cost. Um, that is, you're not going to go in for a Master's or a PhD after you get this degree. Um, there is, I'll just pass this round one, thinking about it. This is my last handout. Um, the academics and talks about the degrees that are offered. They, they're in the process of getting accreditation, um, and that should go through. It would be an accredited degree, but just because it's accredited doesn't mean that Princeton is going to accept you um, with, with a bachelor's from Lamb Seminary. It's to fulfill a requirement for ordination to be a pastor. So, you know, I, I, the guys were, you know, mostly in this case, are doing better than these men. If they're in their early 20s and want to do it, I say, just don't. I mean, well, you know, if you can get a, a standard BA or BS, you're better off because you have more options um, in that way. But as for most people in this level, um, they're usually a little bit older. If you're doing the master's work, and again, it's the same work, same classes, same reading, everything's the same, just a few less credits for the, for the um, master's of divinity. Um, if, again, you think, I want to be a Greek scholar, Great, do it, but don't don't waste the time doing these classes. Go to a, 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 an institution where you sit down and are in a, a more normal classroom. This is more geared towards those that are called to ministry. Right, yeah, they, they want to engage here yeah. now and do it. Um, Conducts of PC, we haven't tested it a whole lot, but you know, if, if you do a, a you know, the, the BD or an MDiv here in Green Bay and then apply to, you know, First Presbyterian Church in somewhere in Virginia. Will they accept you? Technically, they should, but it's going to be probably harder to, to get that job. Um, but if you're doing the degree here, we really don't want you leaving the state. Um, we will kidnap your children and hold them <laughs> You might leave even quicker than I don't know. Um, no, you know, we, the purpose, my purpose for this is to raise up 
more leaders, and specifically, um, in, in the broadest sense, but also specifically, uh, men who can be ordained who will plant churches and pastor churches in the state. Um, because this is this is where I want to see it happen. Any other questions? So that's the finances. Looks you spend maybe fifty dollars a class. On. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I'm probably not the best one to answer because I I have most of them anyway. Um, the application process. Um, Let me just speak on that real quick. Yeah. You'll see on this, this is actually a copy of the website, and there's a little tab there that says students. Basically, when you apply, I just send you that website for students, and all the application information is on the right-hand toolbar. You just download, print it off, and do it. Uh, I believe you need to, I mean, you need references. I believe you need your college transcript with your bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Um, but that stuff is all due August 1st. Um, Nina Kaiser is, is, is trying to help me with handling uh, the incoming applications and sending it on to Lamp Seminary. But um, that's the application process. Any questions on that? It's a pretty short, easy application. Yeah. Okay. If you don't meet all the needs that are on here, or requirements, Quali- I should say, the qualifications. Yeah. What are the qualifications that? Well, like, uh, if you don't have a minimum GPA of 3.0, that's in this program. That's the way. Oh, that's not to get into the program? Otherwise, I got no chance. So, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go start my own lead. Yeah. You got to get As far as meeting location and times, I mean, the time will be dependent on those that are enrolled in the class. We have to find a two-hour chunk during the week. I think the preference is probably to do a 6 to 8 a.m. because it lets you be at home with your family at night. Although, you know, we just have to, to look and see. The location would probably be right here at Linquist. Uh, there's a great boardroom down there, which hopefully Mark would let us use. And uh, it's, we use it for our leadership. There's two fifty just went out. Uh, <laughs> the bowl, I think. Wow. Well, better includes donut buns. This is a good location for folks that might be traveling up from Appleton too, because you can get right off, get here, and get back on if you need to. So, uh, and it's a good facility in general. So, capabilities to do Skype and things like that. Yeah, for, for us, the flexibility was great. We, we did it for a year or so, evenings, and then just the way it worked out for us, we now do it um, 9.30 to 11.30 on, on, during the week because everybody, their lifestyle allows them to do it better. Yeah. They're kind of more second shifters, so it's... Yeah. Um, the, the mentors, uh, this is, and maybe you can speak to this more, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the benefits that I really like about LAMP is you know, you look at a six-year education, you say, well, if I went away to seminary, it would be four. But what happens is you have four years of being in a think tank, and then you have two years of practical ministry experience. Or with here, you're getting it all together at the same time. You're getting the, the intellectual, but also the practical aspects of seminary. And in my mind's eye, it doesn't really take longer because of that if you're going to pastor, um, because you're doing a lot of the ministry during that. But part of it is a, is a mentorship. Um, so, for example, if you go to New Hope, Pastor Jim would be your mentor, or Paul Morreale, um, or your your 
I don't know, if, I don't think you have subscribed to, you have subscribed to Westminster to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, what church do you go to, Jeff? Heartland, who's a pastor there? Pastor Scott Warren. Okay, so maybe he would be your mentor, but there's a mentorship involved mm-hmm. with it. If you're at Jacob's Well, it would probably be I or, or I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Jason. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get to pick my mentor? <laughs> yeah. You get to choose from all the pastoral staff. <laughs> if, you're, if you're New Hope. Yeah, Pastor Jim. Uh, and a facilitator sometimes is maybe the pastor, but, you know, it doesn't have to be. But the night, again, the nice thing here is, and that's really where the glee comes in, and I forget what it stands for, it's listed there somewhere. There, there are periodic kind of checkups in which you are going to be sitting down with, with your pastor to do some of the, the, the heart issues going through the whole process. Yeah. You know, as well as affecting you and helping you to grow. Just, it is often lacking in a, in a, a traditional Western classroom form where one person stands up, spits out the information, you take notes, you get it, and you go. Um, so somewhat of a place for that, but not much of a Question. Yes. I got a question. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone pay for the end if you can just audit it? If, if you want to be ordained. That's great. But, but you don't have to have it to be ordained, right? In your denomination, well, you demonstrate that you've got the. Yeah, you, if you've got a bachelor's in, in you know, basket weaving. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm hoping you'll give me a good answer why they should actually. Well, because once you said in the beginning, I'm not so devious to think that way, but no, I think I am. Of course, why couldn't I audit this if I pass examination? The only thing I think that at least the Greek and Hebrew you have to have transcript to show competency. Yeah, right. That's that's a good question to call up and ask. Brian Kelso, there is um, he he gave a paper. On the credentialing of the gospel in the PCA, it might, it might be in there. I mean, I think one reason is because you'll do it and you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. have a Master's of Divinity. Uh, right. And they're in the accreditation process, so it's accredited. Yeah. 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 I, I understand why you wouldn't want to save certainly some money. I don't. The classes are really designed, um, not real specifically, but they, the, the intention is to get you through a PCA ordination. So you're going to be memorizing the Westminster Confession, the scripture, well, obviously scripture, but, you know, so that's specifically PCA, Westminster Confession, some other things. And to avoid some of that, when it comes time to get come for uh, the Candidates Credentials Committee, and if you're here in Wisconsin, um, you don't want to take off the head of that committee. Um, and um, and so, so knowing that, getting yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would also say, I mean, with seminary in general, one of the things that you'll find is the reason why you take the classes it is not always necessary to reach the end goal. It's the learning and the process. Was that? The discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. The communication that needs to happen. Yeah. From you and the ministry to keep your ministry. Absolutely. So, but you will learn, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to a, a conference um, that was just life-changing. Uh, seminaries like that every week, at least it was for me. I mean, there's hard weeks and good weeks, and but every week was so extremely beneficial, and the people around you will benefit from it, 
um, so tremendously much. I mean, if my wife could give a testimony, she would tell you that I was okay at teaching prior to seminary, but that how, how much it helped me in, in teaching was just tremendous. So, um, so the end goal is not the only reason you do it. I mean, if you collect any of this, it will be beneficial for the kingdom of God and for yourself. What is the difference between what women can take and what men can take, and why why is there a difference? I'm pretty sure for they're not going. I was looking at the classes, like for instance, they can't. They're not asked if they called the ministry of gospel transformation, basic classes, or Greek and Hebrew, and so I'm wondering. Myself, yeah. You know, if I'm going to do it, I, I mean, I have no desire obviously to be a pastor. Okay, but yeah. I want the full. I, I would want the full, the full deal. Yeah. I want to learn. I don't want to like be parsed out of different classes. Right. In, in seminary, there's the end bit and then the master. And this I want the MTS. I think they. But it's not that you can't take those. Yeah. You certainly can. But their thought might be, why would you want to do it if you're not going to be a pastor? But you certainly can't take them. I mean, we had we had women in my group in Hebrew classes. Yeah. So, yeah. You can I, certainly take them. Yeah, I was just curious if it's this program or, you know, like I've looked at other women's speakers credentials. Yeah. And they'll have, I mean, a master's. I don't, I've never read right. specifically what it is. Uh, well, yeah, because there are a number of masters here. Not all masters, like masters of arts and theology, usually doesn't require um, Greek and Hebrew. Yeah. And I would encourage you to take the Greek and Hebrew. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, the gospel transformation to me is a must. Yeah. Um, the call to the ministry is is very specific to pastoring. Okay. So unless you're really thinking of yeah, no. ordaining pastoral ministry, we can talk later. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the other sometimes too, and I'm not sure how they handle it. Um, is the and I don't know where it is because I'm not that far yet. Is um, it are, are the preaching classes? You know, and I don't know how have the covenant keep those separate. Uh, they had women preaching. Women. Yeah, yeah. So.
I'm curious, uh, reverse of that question, um, what are you experiencing with the doctor classes with your guys that remember how many first year, pretty heavy stuff in the first year? What are you experiencing? Are you having uh, problems with it? Are you they're, they're grasping it. Um, they're grasping it sometimes better than I am, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of the doctrine of God that we just did. No, we just did doctrine of man. Um, I can't think of a good example, but there, there's some good, you know, it's they're going all through all the lectures that they get at Covenants. They can get a little philosophical. Yeah. I, I've had to do some background. This is where your facilitator has to, you know, so if, if we're talking about Hegel, you know, I've got to explain Hegel, Kierkegaard, you know, kind of the shift from modernity to post-modernity, do some of those, the philosophical things that are, that are important. Um, but once you kind of cover over, the, over those things. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah. yeah. Um, say hypothetically one gets started in this, enjoys it, wants to keep doing it, moves out of the area, um, possibly like Dan mentioned, Skype possibility like doing a video, like having a laptop set up and doing video conference kind of thing possibility. I think it um or would it be easier to like switch it? It would be it would, it would be, you know, Skype it would be hard. Um but I I don't know. Um, you know, it. I mean, this is a more recent one. Some of, there aren't at this point in a lot of locations. You might be in some ways easier to jump in somewhere else if you're in one of those areas. Yeah, the whole state. No, no, it's spelled Wisconsin wrong. It is. They'd be really smart people there. <laughs> they actually would change that right after the Super Bowl, though, right? Yeah. Hmm? They would change that right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't. <laughs> cool. Any other questions? Um, I saw the game just for future. Yeah. In what place you want to Yeah, yeah. And I'll probably say, let me give Chris a call. But yes, that's. <laughs> Contact me and I'll, I'll answer as much of it as I can. It's easier to keep you out No, feel free to call me. So it's good for me to at least be learning the questions and the answers. So it's good. So, so ask me. So, um, as we look at this, I'm assuming that all of you feel overwhelmed. That's my assumption. Uh, both with the finances, with the workload. And it's a great opportunity to step out in faith. I think it's a great opportunity to start this and see how it goes and see if it's something that you can manage. Uh, with where you are at your stage in life. Uh, but I do think the completion of a seminary experience is always miraculous. Uh, because no one, at least in my experience, I think probably only 10% of the people at seminary could actually afford to be there. But to see God provide in amazing ways, which is phenomenal. And so it was so cool to see. And so as you look at this, you know, first day of college, every semester, we call it syllabus day. And you just felt absolutely overwhelmed. And I can't imagine that's how you feel here. But when you're going through it, it's a lot. It's a quality education that will benefit the people you are ministering to. Um, but it is something that God can, can carry you through if he calls you to it. So, uh, let me close in prayer, and then we, you are free to stay and ask questions or, or go home. Uh, God, we do come to you recognizing that this is a lot. There's a lot to think about, a lot to process. 
And God, it is just so exciting. It is not just a seminary education, Lord. It is a it is a, a trajectory of deep and wonderful growth in our understanding of your love for us, God. It is not uh, meant to be a dry doctrine disconnected from our heart, but it's something that transforms our lives. I'm so excited about this gift that you have given to us in Lamb Seminary, the, the ability to learn the great doctrines of the Christian faith, but then also to apply them and teach them immediately as you walk through life. What an exciting and amazing gift that you've given to us, God. Thank you that you are worthy of, of our learning and that there, there is no uh, amount of education that could, that could start to touch, uh, that could start to encapsulate your love for us in Christ Jesus. And we praise you for that. In his name, amen. 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 We'll be around if you have questions. Feel free to ask me or, or Chris.